So it's certainly been a little while since we last talked, but welcome back to the Swiss Sports Show. We got two big topics to discuss, and obviously we're doing this in the midst of the second round going on, Uh, but today's not going to be about the playoffs. It's the story of two teams uh, basically going through a mini implosion, and we talked about the Celtics last time. Well, the Celtics decided to make quite the big newsmaker today. Um, in addition to that, the Mavericks have fired longtime head coach and longtime GM Rick Carlisle and Donnie Nelson. This comes after a report came out that the team was essentially being run by an expert gambler by the name of Bob Valdras. It's an athletic article if you want to go check that out. And basically, yeah, it was a story that he basically controlled all the rotations, all the personnel decision by the use of analytics. And that being said, this is what's come out of it. And according to Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer, that Bob Valdris guy has also been fired. Uh, but this is all being done to appease Luka, of course. Luka Doncic, the 22-year-old superstar in the league, probably going to be the face of the NBA one day. Uh, It's very understandable why they would do that. That being said, let's get started with this Mavericks situation. And then we'll slide over to the Celtics uh, sort of breaking headlines today. So the Mavericks, like I said, fired Rick Carlisle and Donnie Nelson following a very unsuccessful season. Uh, Well, I guess, you know, reaching the fifth seed is still fairly successful, but... Clearly, after blowing a 2-0 lead over the Clippers in the playoffs, uh, in which they took both games from the Clippers in L.A., and then losing the series, I would consider that a choke job and nothing short of a massive disappointment. And moves had to be made. You know, there, there's been tension building up that Luka was not pleased with the front office, was not pleased with... Carlisle himself was not pleased with the way personnel and obviously not pleased with his teammate Kristaps Porzingis. And while that's all fun and all, where do the Mavericks go from here exactly? That's what we want to kind of tackle today. Um, Yeah, I mean, they are essentially going through a mini rebuild around Luka because I, I said earlier when we were going over some of the playoff teams that this team really is not built soundly around their young superstar Luka Doncic there is a lot of visible holes on this roster uh, starting with the over-reliance on Luka Doncic now Luka is again I repeat an amazing player but at the same time the usage rate that Luka plays with no player has won doing that and by that I mean the fact that the entire offense is heliocentric around him Nothing happens without Luka kind of getting his hands on it. Even in the slight minutes that Luka is not on the court, uh, it goes through Jalen Brunson, who usually just feeds it to Porzingis. But mainly what I'm trying to say is Luka is Houston Rockets' James Harden pre-Chris Paul, uh, which I think is pretty accurate if you look at the kind of play styles. uh, And like I said, the usage rate being the main kind of factor here. Now, where do they go from here? I think it's really simple. You have to get a secondary creator. This means that Luka will have to sacrifice some of his legendary statistics. Is he ready to do that? I think so. Luka is an experienced pro who 
I believe has a great enough desire to win at this next level to take a sacrifice on his statistics in order to reach greater success. But where does that come from? And obviously we saw Kemba Walker move today uh, to Oklahoma City and we'll talk about that more later. But is he a potential option? Is going all in on Bradley Beal a potential option? It's kind of hard to say given that the market isn't that deep until 2023 when you have that legendary uh, free agency class. But at the same time, this is a situation where they're kind of stuck with that Porzingis contract being so uh, humongous and, and really carrying into this kind of this this scenario. So as I look for the Mavericks, and let's start with the GM position. Um, Donnie Nelson is legendary, right? He's very highly regarded around the league for his skills. Um, you know, obviously he helped construct the um, roster for the 2011 Mavericks championship team and obviously led the Mavericks to a championship uh, in 06. And by led, I mean constructed the roster again. But... As of recently, you know, he really has had his faults, which I don't think is being recognized enough because you they're seeing these big names and it's just, you know, a shock factor. Like, oh, my God, you guys are pushing away legendary execs for a 22-year-old kid, right? But no, it's more than that. I mean, look at the post-Dirk days or, or the days that Dirk was falling off, per se. They attempted to build around Harrison Barnes, which was a waste of assets. They've Missed on a couple draft picks, obviously the Dennis Smith Jr. pick, uh, even though Dennis Smith was was not as bad as he became uh, in Dallas. And, you know, more recently, it was said that many people wanted the Mavs uh, within the organization to draft a uh, Sadiq Bey, who was on the all-rookie first team, over Josh Green, who was not on an all-rookie team and very sparingly played, despite showing some glimpses here and there. That's obviously goes against his resume. Now, you can say, okay, well, he brought Luca in from Atlanta in the trade. And that's cool and all, but Luca wanted to come to Dallas. It was well stated before that, uh, according to Rayford Young. And also, Trey was more meant for Atlanta. Atlanta wanted Trey the whole time, and they were hoping to pick up uh, another pick along with him in that deal, which they did, which eventually became Cam Reddish. So I'm not going to give him a kudos for... Uh, orchestrating a trade that was basically going to happen regardless. Um, aside from that, I mean, they splurged on Porzingis. And given there is like this talk that, you know, the, the Mavericks lost the Porzingis trade. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think you still got Tim Hardaway Jr. out of it, who's become a very good shooter, uh, despite being still very streaky. Uh, Trey Burke, who's one of their bench role players, he was more significant last year than this year. And even though Porzingis struggled in the playoffs, this was his most efficient offensive season uh, to date in his career, which is sad at the same time, but it is also a fact. Uh, his regression has more come from the fact that he can't defend. And I think Porzingis does catch too much slander in the sense that he isn't as good of a fit alongside Doncic as well as everyone thought. Porzingis likes to get the ball at the perimeter and more so settle for mid-range to three-point shots. His slight frame and his injury history has really uh, taken away from his interior game and the lack of a desire to go interior. And Luka tends to dribble the ball out a lot and alienate open teammates, one being Porzingis. There's actually a YouTube video documenting 
the many times that Porzingis was left open uh, and Doncic took a dribbled out shot, which given it's Luka Doncic. So when you watch the video, you'll notice that he makes like half of those shots because it's Luka Doncic and those are amazing shots. But, you know, to quote Paul George when he talked about Dame Lillard, it's not the best shot selection. Um, but that doesn't matter when you make it. Um, and then aside from that, you know, you still basically just gave up Dennis Smith for that. And, and the picks, of course, one who turned into Emmanuel quickly. Uh, but I mean, to do that and still get Porzingis at the time, like when you put it in context of the time that we were in and Porzingis was thought of as this unicorn, it's still good value at the time. It's just when we look at it in revisionist history, we can say that it's not as good. And, I mean, you can play that game with a lot of different things, right? But really what the Mavs have to do from here... Oh, and let me let me speak on Rick Carlisle, too. Rick Carlisle, another guy that's obviously very highly regarded, and for good reason. He's a championship-winning head coach. But at the same time, Rick Carlisle has significantly fallen off. The defense is terrible in Dallas, and that was one of his kind of little niches. I wouldn't say his defining trait... And the offense literally is just run it through Luka and say whatever to whatever else happens. And that's really the case. And again, that's kind of understandable. That's what McHale did with Harden in Houston when he was there. And it worked for the time being. But the point is, is that you cannot win a championship kind of doing that. They need someone. Well, first of all, they need multiple defenders going forward. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith, I think, is the only above average defender on this team. Josh Green has some potential to you know, become another guy, but potential is just potential until it's realized. And when you have all these kind of shooters and just no defenders at all, it's pretty clear what's going to happen if also the offense is hyper-reliant on one player. It's going to come to a screeching halt, which is exactly what happened in the series against the Clippers. Aside from that, I mean... You still have Luka Doncic at the end of the day. So this is going to be a very attractive coaching position. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, if it gets snatched up real quick. But my question is, is who is on the market that is definitively better? Now, obviously, there's a bunch of fresh faces in the market this year. Becky Hammond, Kara Lawson, uh, Chauncey Billups, Sam Cassell. But we know the, that the NBA loves to recycle old head coaches that are usually worse. Right. And let's look at the coaching market right now, per se. It's Lloyd Pierce. Um, man, his name just absolutely slipped off my tongue. Oh, Scott Brooks. And those are the two kind of big name coaches to get fired. Is any is that the route the Dallas if that's the route the Dallas is going to take, then they have a long road ahead of them. And I hope that they get a GM in that can really kind of, you know, fix things because Again, this is the Dallas Mavericks, and they have their generational superstar in Luka Doncic. You can't waste this. You've already wasted about two years of his time by failing to build a competent winning roster. Trading away Seth Curry for Josh Richardson is still one of the worst moves of the last offseason, if not the worst. I mean, Seth Curry is practically the reason the Sixers haven't lost out this series yet, right? I mean, Seth Curry is just absolutely killing us, and... It just made no sense that a guy that was so perfect off ball would get traded for Josh Richardson, who is an okay shooter at times that he showed in the past, but he's also someone that uses his dribble a lot. He's 
a decent defender. I wouldn't say he's above average. He, he, he was just kind of a failed experiment in, in Dallas after a really mediocre season in Philadelphia, too. So I just didn't understand the thought process behind it. Um, going forward, like I said, they need some defenders, but they also need another shot creator on this team. It cannot be just Luka doing everything by himself. They're not going to win a championship that way. Who is the solution to that? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see how the NBA drama kind of pans out. Um, but I'm sure someone will be available. And if not this year, they always have the next. But that is always what we say until it's too late. I do think Luka ends up signing the extension, but they have to make him happy soon. On to the next topic here. Uh, the Celtics obviously made a massive trade this morning. Kemba Walker goes to Oklahoma City along with the 16th overall pick and a future second for the return of Al Horford and Moses Brown. What do I think of this? I think it's very interesting. Al Horford was a perfect fit when he was on the Celtics a couple years ago. Now, I, I can't sit here and lie to you and tell you Al Horford's the same player that he was uh, all those years ago. He was, uh, he's obviously a little bit more injury prone as he gets up in age. Um, but also, I feel like the, the statistics that everyone say hasn't declined uh, is a little bit due to inflation because he was playing with a bunch of nobodies in Shy Gilgis, Alexander, and Dort in, in Oklahoma City. He's definitely not the same player that he was, um, you know, especially defensively. I don't think he'll be able to use his strength as much. Like, he's not going to go out there and lock down and be like he used to when he was in Boston is what I'm trying to kind of assert here. Um, but I still think it's better. You know, they had to move on from Walker. He's not really a number three. It doesn't work that way for, with him because he's more of a score for his guard, obviously. He more so fit as a second fiddle to Tatum, but then Jalen Brown became an on-ball creator with an improved handle and more of a mid-range shot. So that essentially rendered Kemba out of the kind of roster equation, if you will. Um, still, I think it's very interesting. I don't think I would have given up the 16th overall pick uh, just because this draft class is absolutely loaded. There's going to be multiple lottery talents that fall out of the lottery but at the same time the Celtics don't know how to draft they've messed up on a bunch of picks uh, given I, I don't think Pritchard and Neesmith are that bad I think Pritchard's good actually and Neesmith seemed to find his own near the end of the line but you know guys like RJ Hunter James Young Guerrero Yabuchele list goes on right Sullinger Matt Fabello RIP but you know um I'm just still not sure what the direction of the Boston Celtics is. Obviously, they don't have a head coach yet. So I'm interested interested, bleh, sorry, uh, to see kind of which way they go next. They obviously have to get a head coach, which, again, pretty much the same situation as Dallas. Is there somebody that is definitively better than Brad Stevens? Probably not. Um, but Brad Stevens seems to be know what he's doing uh, with the roster kind of fit because um, Al Horford and Rob Williams is a fantastic kind of center duo, and you have injury insurance in Moses Brown, who, while I think is getting a little bit too much hyped up for his double doubles uh, in the Boston crowd, he is someone that is a great rebounder, and you know he he can finish at the rim a little bit, um, but you know don't expect him to be kind of this hidden gem. I guess there is some potential to him, so obviously I could be wrong down the line, but. That's that's what my opinion on Moses Brown is. As far as what they do going forward, well, they open up some cap space. I'm expecting them to bring back Evan Fournier. 
Um, and then I expect them to go after more of a floor general point guard rather than a score first guy like what they had with Kemba Walker. Because obviously you don't need another score in this situation. Um, I guess if there's like a specific target I keep bringing up, it's Ricky Rubio. I think he's a great fit uh, with the roster just because he's got great vision, high IQ player. Uh, he's sneakily become a decent defender. You know, he's always been high in the steals category, but not necessarily a good defender. But now he's much more smarter, knows how to use his feet. And obviously, he's a good four general. He knows how to find people. He's a great passer and all that. And I think he would do wonders for kind of bridging the gap between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Because as of right now, they still do not play well off each other. They play well alongside. You know, like one goes off, one doesn't. One goes off, one doesn't. It's been kind of back and forth. But that's sort of my take on the Celtics. I think another thing to note is, is you know, what does this hold for the Celtics as an attractive destination spot? I'm not sure. I, I do think that the idea that, you know, you've had each of these kind of big name guys, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, come in and leave within a couple years isn't a good look for the franchise. Now, do I blame them for trading Kemba Walker? Absolutely not. This is a point guard on the wrong side of 30. That contract should have really never been given. Charlotte drove him into the ground with the insane usage rate and him basically not missing any games as a very small point guard, it was kind of bound to happen. So um, I, I don't blame Boston for moving on from them. But as far as an attractive free agency spot, you have to kind of understand, you know, when free agencies are when free agents are signing max deals, right, to either play second fiddle or third fiddle, whatever the case may be, they do want some sense that they're going to be secure, right? Tobias Harris was a player that struggled in his first two years or something, and he has more security rather than getting moved on immediately, right? And just stuff like that. So I do think it's something to take note of. Again, I again I want to reiterate that I don't blame Boston for trading Kemba Walker. I'm just saying, you know, with the history of the Celtics, you know, uh, the IT trade that is still viewed as kind of ruthless. Kyrie Irving's comments about the team's organization in the city. Uh, you know, trading Kemba Walker, Anthony Davis's dad's comments about Boston, the city as a free agency destination. It is something to kind of keep track of going forward. Uh, that being said, you have two great wing talents in Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. It should not be that hard to build around them. Rob Will is a fantastic center, whether he's a role player or not. Uh, Peyton Pritchard appears to be a really good kind of bench scoring guard. Aaron Neesmith seems to potentially be a good shooter down the line with a little bit of defensive prowess that we didn't see at Vanderbilt. And I do think the Celtics will be back next season, given that they have a good head coach. Please do not hire Lloyd Pierce is basically what I'm saying here. And then to kind of just end things off, um, briefly wanted to talk about Zion and how apparently he's already unhappy with the Pelicans. Uh, I, I've heard a lot of people say, Oh, Zion's played 80 games total or something like that. He doesn't have the right to be unhappy. Uh, stop it. Stop it. The Pelicans are not a good organization. I think you have to take a step back and realize that this is a franchise that has lost Chris Paul. They lost Anthony Davis, and now Zion's also upset. And Zion specifically hasn't said himself that he's upset. It's more so his family getting involved. Um, the roster construction for the Pelicans was an absolute disaster. I've been over this multiple times. Pairing Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball in the backcourt and Zion Ingram and Steven Adams in the frontcourt was en route to disaster. They still have a bunch of great young pieces on their team and Zion in the athletic article 
mentions how they want to have Lonzo back, which makes perfect sense. And I too would like to see Lonzo back under a head coach that is actually, you know, smart as far as dictating how an offense should be ran, not running Eric Bledsoe as a point guard and running Lonzo Ball as a shooting guard. But, you know, it it really is hard to say where they go from here. Stan Van Gundy obviously is fired. I don't see him getting another job, although I wouldn't be surprised because, like I said, the NBA loves to do this little recycling game of old coaches that don't actually deserve positions but earn them over much more newer candidates because of the fear that these new candidates will flame out. Um, David Griffin, I don't think he's a great GM, just has not shown much i feel like he's gotten lucky a ton with these draft lotteries um you know going back to his cleveland days and he just simply hasn't built this roster up as it should fit around you know zion and ingram and and zo and i think you know you have to ask the question is is zion and ingram a capable duo going forward you know they both have their defensive lapses zion while he's a highlight reel still isn't a overall good defender although he probably will be at some point in his career but is the ego too big on both ends to really go forward with this Brandon Ingram is a is a fantastic scorer in the league and score from all three levels and has shown growth in his playmaking skills as has Zion although you know he's not a three level scorer but he's also shown strides in his playmaking and you just have to wonder is this going to work it was supposed to work because Lonzo was supposed to be the guy that bridges the gap. But now Lonzo has shown more aptitude in scoring for himself, you know, becoming a much better three-point shooter. And, you know, you have guys like Kyra Lewis Jr. off the bench, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who took a major leap in his sophomore year after a disappointing freshman year, Jackson Hayes, who's an athletic freak at the center position, as well as whatever draft picks you make this year. I'm very interested, interested to see how this pans out. You know, obviously Zion is one of the budding superstar talents in this league, kind of waiting to blow up. And um, if the Pelicans lose Zion, then you have to start talking about, okay, is it time for this team to be sold? Is it time for this team to be relocated even? Um, Personally, (laughs) I don't mean to be disrespectful at all, but I would like to see a rebranding of the Pelicans. I think the name is... The names, whatever, the name of the teams, whatever. But I really don't like the color scheme. Um, and obviously, I don't like the job that's been done by management so far. So that's all for today, guys. Um, enjoy game six tonight of Atlanta and Philadelphia. I may or may not enjoy that. We'll see what happens. Um, and yeah, I'll talk to you guys as soon as the second round is wrapped up so we can get to these conference finals predictions. We've had three fantastic series uh go on obviously between LA and Utah, Atlanta, Philly, and Brooklyn and Milwaukee, which we will see a game seven of. Amazing. Anyway, reach out to me if you want to talk about sports or anything in general. You want me to cover some topics. This is Rish. This is the Swish Sports Show and I'm signing out. Thank you. <laughs>